Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nip Talk. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. For all those watching live and on recording, thank you very much. Please hit that like and subscribe button. And today, I have with me, as always, my co-host, Sarah Bennett. Hi. And in the box, as always, is Travis. What's going on, Travis? What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? Not much. Just, yeah, ready for another exciting show. Hey, man, I'm ready to talk about some more good um, plastic surgery, I guess. All right, you're learning a lot. Yeah, you're learning a lot. So, uh, Sarah, what week's gone by? Do anything exciting last week? Not really. Just like classic mom stuff. Yeah. Took Avery to a sure. birthday. Hung out with some friends and yeah. just chilled. It was really low key. Low key. Those are yeah. nice. Sometimes you get those really busy weeks, and then it's almost like overwhelming. And then you like to have those weeks where it's kind of chill like that. Sometimes Avery literally will beg to just. Can do you nothing. just sit on the couch yeah. and like watch a movie and I'm like, yes. Man, that is nice. Because <laughs> not all kids are like that. You know, my kids are always like, oh, let's go do something. Yeah. So it's nice to have a little bit of that. Yeah, that me downtime. and Avery are definitely go, go, go sometimes. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a nice restful yeah, week. Restful we week. So uh, we talked about this last week. So I did that motorcycle trip. Yeah. And it, it really was fun. pretty awesome. Yeah, I took, I think I got three pictures that I brought. Yep, that's me and my daughter. That's up in the Colorado mountains. Um, that's my daughter. We were, went to Aspen. So that's actually the Aspen ski mountain in the background. So green. I know it's crazy. <laughs> and then that's us on the top of, uh, independence pass on the continental divide. Um, but yeah, it was a great trip. Like I was a little nervous, you know, about taking my daughter on this long motorcycle trip, but I mean, she was a trooper. Like, you know, she didn't complain one time. Like she just enjoyed like seeing the scenery and like, uh, you know, uh, we, we went up to Aspen, we walked around, went shopping. Then at night we went and saw a rock concert. We saw Nine Inch Nails at Red Rocks, which by the way, have you guys been to Red Rocks? I've never, no. I've never heard of it. I've you haven't heard of it? it? Okay. So Red Rocks, I wish I'd brought a picture, man. So basically Red Rocks is a amphitheater that's cut into the mountain. And oh, wow. so okay. on either side of you, you have these giant, like, like, like mountain walls coming up. And then the very bottom is, is the stage. And is that that? That theater, like everybody, like works out on, like I think, they're like running up and down and yes, doing all this yes, crazy stuff. Because, right, because it's not like your basic theater, like here, like you know, American Airlines Center, where it's all flat. Like this is like it's like a sheer like rock yeah. face, but then they cut seats into it. Yeah, there's all these videos of people running oh my up gosh. and down doing exercises on that. I have to say, <laughs> like really it, the the legend of Red Rocks lives up to it. Like yeah. it was very very impressive, and the show was awesome. Like I don't know if you guys like hard rock stuff, but Nine Inch Nails is they put on a pretty awesome show, and uh, my daughter just like ate it up, and I'd never seen them too. So I'm but, not familiar with Nine Inch Nails, but the name I am familiar with because like that's one of the greatest names I've ever heard for being Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. It's, where does it come from? So that's a great question. So I'm a total music nerd. So like I know a lot about like bands and stuff and uh -huh. I can I can go. Well, uh, first off, one of the interesting things about Nine Inch Nails, the lead guy, Trent Reznor, for their very first album, he was a janitor at a music studio and he was just making music like, 
you know, at home. And yeah. he basically asked if like after working, he could, you know, do some demos on their equipment. And they're like, you're the janitor, but they agreed to let him do it. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, anyway, they agreed to let him do it. He did all the parts, like every guitar, the drums, the bass, everything. And then the demo that he cut while he was a janitor was the demo for Pretty Hate Machine, which came out in 1989, 88 or 89, and became like a super smash hit. So just like that cool story of like him, you know, being a janitor at a radio station, but also loving music and then making that is just pretty amazing. Classic. But about the name. So like when I was a kid, like they were kind of a controversial band. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of like hard rock, you know, and so like they were a little controversial back in the day. For these times, not really, but... Yeah. Like the, the theory was always that nine inch nails were like the nails that they drove into Jesus on the cross. And it was supposed to be like, you know, shockingly sacrilegious. But then I, I heard it or watched a interview with Trent Reznor and, and he basically refuted that. He's like, no, we just, I just came up with the name. I don't know how I came up with it. I just thought it was cool. But, yeah. but I agree with you, man. That's like a super cool name, right? That's so funny. But, That's but, so funny. And as far as like the trip that you and your daughter took, now, how was it riding the bike, I guess, for that long? Because I, I instantly think of that one movie clip where the flies are like hitting the guy's face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a rough trip. We rode 600 miles on Friday, and then Saturday was shorter because we went from like somewhere, like a little town in Colorado to Aspen to Denver. But then on Sunday, we rode Denver to Dallas. Oh, so, you know, on a bike, like you're stopping every couple of hours. So it's not like you're riding that long all at one time. Yeah. Like we would stop and walk around, get a soda, get yeah, food. Yeah, because whenever I was a kid taking road trips, like obviously I didn't go on a bike, but all I can think about and remember is how I used to take like these long naps right. dri driving. So I'm like trying to figure out, I'm yeah. like, well, did your daughter take naps? No, she couldn't. Like that was a conversation yeah, we had, right? Like, because uh, like, you know, you don't want to fall asleep on the back of a bike. And like, so I don't, there was that picture of the bike, but you know, the, the luggage does kind of box her in a little bit when she's yeah. on there. Cause I'm in front of her. There's a luggage thing right behind her and there's one on each side. So she's got a little bit of protection there, but yeah, we had to have this conversation of like, okay, if you're going to do this, like it's like for real, like you, you know, you can't sleep, like you have to like stay awake. And so she, she and I both know a little bit of sign language. So we were signing each other, you know, cause we don't, we don't have, she, her head's not big enough for in-ear yeah. buds. I thought they would be, and we brought like two sets, but she ended up not being able to wear them. And so we weren't able to like talk, talk, but we would sign each other. And then when we would slow down in the towns, we would talk and, um, but it was amazing. Like it's one of those trips that I'm sure we'll both, you know, remember forever. Cause it was just, everything was great about it. Although there was two interesting things that happened yeah. in addition to the tripping. I'm sure it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> one, I got something called biker's palsy oh from gosh. riding all day Sunday. It's basically a nerve compression thing. And when I got home on Sunday, like my hand was clumsy and I was kind of freaked out at first. Strained and stuff. Yeah, so basically the intrinsic muscles of my hand, the nerve got basically stunned, almost like a carpal tunnel, but it's actually a different nerve called the ulnar nerve. And I lost like fine motor in my hand for, for like a day or two, which oh, being a surgeon, obviously that's bad. Yeah. Now it's my left hand and I didn't have to operate money because the holiday and after a couple days it kind of came back, but it kind of freaked me out. And so, yeah, I'm actually gonna have to go to a doctor and like see, you know, do I need to have like some sort of like you know, nerve release because, you know, that shouldn't happen yeah. even though it's kind of strenuous. And then even, even more interesting. So the last stop we made on Sunday before we got back to Dallas, stopped for gas in Bowie, Texas. And this guy came out of the, uh, the gas station and he saw my bike and we just started talking motorcycles and, you know, it was just kind of a very nice conversation. Come to find out that guy follows me on TikTok and after he left, recognized me. And then I think I brought a picture of it. He commented on one of my things 
hey man, I didn't realize that was you at the Bowie gas station. It was nice to meet you. And it just blew me away because, I don't know, I mean, you, you have a ton of followers. Maybe you run into people that... I do. I'm that, always still surprised, but that's really yeah, nice. I, I, I always appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've had it happen once or twice before, but yeah. like more like in the area around here where I know I have a lot of local, you know, followers, but like to have it happen like out in the, you know, the middle of nowhere, well, not that Bowie's in the middle of nowhere, but it's not, you know, yeah. Dallas. I'll tell you like this, it feels so good working with two celebrities. <laughs> two celebrities. I might have to get y'all autograph after Oh my gosh, listen to you. I can do that for you. Yeah, you get her autograph. She's a little bit more famous than I am. I'm just the doctor guy. But I thought that was really cool. Like, I just, you know, so shout out to that guy. I, think I, uh, I forgot his name, Evan. I think his name was Evan. I can't remember on there. Sorry. But uh, shout out to you, man. It was really cool to meet you. And uh, thanks for pointing that out. So, all right. So nice. moving on. Uh, first segment we're going to do today is one. It's a question I hear all the time. And so, you know, because we always do a plastic surgery topic, I like to cover things that people ask about. And so one question I get all the time when I have people in my office is about breast implants, silicone versus saline. Mm -hmm. Because as you guys may or may not have know, like in the 90s, they actually took silicone implants off the market. Yeah. Um, and so like there was this pretty bad stigma with silicone implants for quite some time. And so when I first started here in 2010, uh, we were using silicone again, and people would always ask me, are these things really safe? Because all they remember is about how they got taken off the market, and there's all these lawsuits. So I want to just talk about them uh, for a little bit, because I think it's good information to know. Uh, and, and, and talking about this, I think you have to start with the history. And so a little brief history lesson. I'm a total history nerd, so I looked up a couple things. The very first breast augmentation was actually done, well, the first silicone breast augmentation was actually done in Houston, Texas, uh, nice. a lady named Timmy Lindsay in 1962. I found, actually found a picture of her. Um, that's Miss Lindsay who received the very first silicone breast augmentation. Um, and so after that was done, the popularity of silicone implants did start to rise pretty quickly. And through the 19, late, late, late 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, silicone implants became extremely popular. Well, back in those days, the silicone implants were actually a liquid silicone. Mm -hmm. It was actually, it was, it was like motor oil was like the consistency of it. So what happened... Yeah, I know it's kind of freaky, right? And I still, to this day, am taking out like those old implants. And, and so what ended up happening is when they started to reach their lifespan, so you know, 20 years, 20 plus years, what happened is these things would rupture and then that liquid silicone would leak out. And just poison you, pretty much. Poison's a, a pretty strong word. Like the, the reason that they That's use- That's what pops into my head. That's good. No, that's a great question. And I like that, that you're asking these things because these are very similar questions I get, you know, people in my office like, well, you know, like what happened back then? Well, fortunately, silicone is fairly inert. It's why mm -hmm. most medical products are made of silicone, like catheters and like, uh, you know, in implantable infusiports are made of silicone. But the problem was, is when that liquid silicone leaked out, it would actually irritate the inside of that pocket where the implant lived. And what was happening is it would have caused this really severe scarring. I mean, to the point that people were having pain and their breasts were like getting all deformed. And so when that started happening, and it started happening kind of in mass, right? Because mm -hmm. once enough time had gone by that these things started to fail, then you had a bunch of a failing at the same time. So you, you know, you went from where you had a bunch of people doing well to like a bunch of people are not doing well. And then uh, people started saying, hey, is something going wrong here? So what happened is in 1992, the Food and Drug Administration actually came along and said, we're gonna put a halt on this. 
And so um, I did bring a video because talking about the scarring, uh, Travis, that very first video, this is basically a video of me opening up one of these old school implants. This is an implant that's like 30 I've years seen old. These. Have you seen it? Is. Roll it. Travis, can you roll that video? Hey everybody, it's Dr. Herman here. I just got done with the surgery and I have this. And what is it? Is it dragon egg? Is it some part? No, it's actually a 30 year old breast implant that's completely encapsulated with scar tissue. And I got it all, got it out all in one piece and I'm going to cut it open here. So let's take a look and see what we got. I, I, I don't think it's ruptured. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Now I may rupture it just opening this up. Oh, either I ruptured it or it was ruptured. You hear that crunch? I don't know if you can hear that. That's actually calcium on the shell. Here's some more of it. Listen, it's crunchy. It's like cornflakes. Ooh, I think it's intact. Oh, ooh, I don't know if I ruptured or if it was ruptured. I don't know. I may have done that. Actually, I can't tell. Oh yeah, I think I did that. I think it was intact. Pretty sure. See, here's that silicone too. It's kind of gross. This is considered a liquid silicone. It's not the new gels. The new gels don't leak like this. And then here's that shell, just perfect. I mean, all out in one piece, and you can see this is all calcium deposit from the effects of the silicone on that shell. So, so anyway, thought that was really cool. Thought you'd want to see it. 30-year-old silicone implant, got all out in one piece. Patient's going to do great. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Did you guys yeah. hear that crunch? Intense. So that crunching is actually calcium that builds up in that shell um, due to the severe reaction from it being ruptured. And I think that one was ruptured. Uh, you could see the goo on the outside of it. And that one was a little bit more solid than some of them. There mm -hmm. actually were some out there that were even more liquidy. But, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, that's just kind of an example of like what you would find and what those patients were going through you know, when these things kind of went bad. So, so what happened is that the FDA took them off the market in 92, and they did about eight or nine years of research because they wanted to see like, you know, because what happened is they started blaming other things for the implants, mm -hmm. like, oh, they're causing cancer or the, all these other like serious medical issues. Yes. So they did like years and years of testing. And what, what they basically found is that none of those connections held up. Mm -hmm. that the, the biggest problem was that the liquid silicone was causing people to have the reaction just like, like that, that patient had. And although there was no picture of her, if you saw her before I took that out, she was really severely scarred and painful and the breast just looked really awful. Yeah, it looked deformed. Yeah, like the implant looked deformed, yeah. right? So uh, they did all the studies and in 2001, the FDA started trials again for a new generation of silicone. Okay. So when we talk about implants today, we always say gummy bear. You hear that word thrown around, you know, mm -hmm. gummy bear implant. So the reason they call them gummy bears is because that is the consistency of the, of the gel. It's a gel now, not a liquid. And because it's changed, you can literally cut those things in half. And I don't know if you can see in the video, but there was like just that stuff glistening as it like came off my fingers. The new ones won't do that. They're, they're more solid. So like if it gets a rupture, you don't have that leakage and therefore you're not getting like that severe reaction that, mm -hmm. that people were getting back in the day. So, as I said, they, uh, by, they released them in 2001. By 2006, the FDA fully approved implants again. However, they did say that they wanted people to get MRIs to check for rupture every three years, and every 10 years they wanted the implants to be replaced. So all the surgeons were like, okay, fair enough. These are new products. We want to make sure everything is safe. So we were getting MRIs, and of course, all the MRIs were negative. Like, mm -hmm. we were getting none that were positive. But I say none, like very, very, very tiny yeah. fraction of a percent. 
And in 10 years, we started replacing these implants, and we found that the implants looked like they were brand new. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, you think about a car built in 2006 versus a car built in 1970. I mean, the cars or anything, technology just gets better and better and better. And so after, you know, 10 years when we started opening people up, we found that really we were putting people at risk by doing a surgery they didn't need. Yeah, there's no point. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. you know, so nowadays, like for my patients, you know, speaking specifically to, you know, how long, how long will they last and when do I need to, you know, do something? I tell my patients, if you're not having a problem, don't worry about them. Yeah. You know, the FDA recommends you get them routinely monitored, but, you know, it's hard to get insurance to pay for that. It's going to be a lot of negative studies. If something happens, come see me. Otherwise, just live your life. So, um, so nowadays in 2022, the overwhelming majority of implants are, are silicone, and they're not without some risks. And so, you know, with everything, I like to like look at all sides of it, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm I'm not that plastic surgeon. I'm not that guy that's sitting here saying, "Oh, plastic surgeons, you know, greatest thing ever." Like, go get plastic surgery, right? I want people to be informed. Want people to know. So. When I talk to patients about risks, I mean, any surgery you have has risks like bleeding and infection, but those are like super, super low. So like, what are risks specific to the implants? For me, the biggest one, it still is scarring. And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily due to the rupture like that those patients had, but just the irritation of doing the surgery to put the implant in carries some risk of having contracture. And so when I talk to my patients, I tell them that, you know, the national average of that's around 10%. For me, it's less because I, I do this all the time. It's, you know, around 2 3% I get, you know, someone gets contracture. And it, it doesn't get bad like that one patient has, but it can be enough that you might want to have surgery for it. And mm -hmm. so I want to make sure people are aware because there is a very small percentage of people that will have the surgery and then they get some scarring. And then they have to go back to surgery to fix that. And luckily, it is pretty easily fixable. Right. Um, the other question I get is, you know, how likely are these to rupture? Um, and so I got one more video. This is a video I did. Now, the video I did on social media actually had music, too. But I know I, if I put it on, up on Facebook or YouTube, they may pull it down. So I took the music out of it. So it's, it's a little less exciting. Because I actually did music was Guns N' Roses. So I thought it went really well. Nice. But, but I have an implant. I have a video of me torture testing implants. Can you roll it, Travis? Breast implant? Let's find out. How tough is a silicone breast implant? Pretty tough. <laughs> so that implant actually survived all of that. That was the same implant. I didn't have like a bag of them that I was like, you know, using like, those <laughs> things are pretty, backups. like they're very vulnerable to sharp damage. Like you can cut them with like a yeah. knife or like a pen or something, but like blunt trauma. And I get people all the time that come into my office, not all the time, but you know, periodically it's like, I have breast implants. I was in a car wreck. Like, do I need to be worried? I'm like, nope. Like, I've never seen anybody get into a trauma yeah. and have where one did, rupture. Where did you get the ideas for, like, the, the, the tasks or the tests that you would put? Oh, man. I just, like, this is what I do, like, in my downtime. I, I feel like you just went into straight boy mode. You're yeah, like, right. How can I mess this Dude, up? Dude, I have videos of me putting them in the microwave. Like, I have videos. I have one video where I ran over a breast implant with my truck. 
And like it didn't pop. I thought for sure. I thought for sure when I ran over with my truck that it was gonna just boom. Yeah. And we know what it did. It just like it got really really flat. And then when it was the tires off, it just went whoop, right back. It's crazy, right? But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean the breast, the silicone implants today are very tough. Like they're gonna last a long time. And I th I think that the risks are very low. Now there's one thing just as a teaser that we're gonna talk about, and I think we've teased it a few in the past is that breast implant illness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of a newer thing that's come into the media, and there are certain. It's a very small percentage. The last time I looked at the data, which is pretty recently, it was like less than 1% of patients who get implants that will say that they believe their implants are giving them like kind of vague symptoms of like headache, fatigue, you know, brain fog, joint pain. Um, Danica Patrick actually was, is a big proponent of this and she, she was having some issues and she had her breast implants out and she felt like she got a lot better. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when that first thing, when that first came out, I didn't put a lot of stock in it because I know there's been so many research papers written about it, but I've done a little bit more research into it and I take it a little bit more serious now and it's something I actually talk with my patients about. And so we're gonna have a segment coming up maybe in the next few weeks because I think that we need to dedicate some time to talk about that because yeah. it's something that it's like, it's really hot right now. It's in, you know, in the news and you see about it on social media and you know, I'm not that surgeon that just discounts it just because I want to put in implants, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm a science guy, right? I always am like, what is the, what does the science say? So we're going to, we're going to dig into that one day. Well, the subject is near and dear to my chest, I guess, because oh. I have implants. Oh, do you? Okay. I got them done probably when you started your practice or started doing surgery like 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Now, did you go silicone or saline? Saline, because I was so scared to Were get you? silicone. Okay, see? But the doctor, wow, all, right. I, all the questions and all that stuff you just went over were all the things that like went through my head Yeah. whenever I was thinking about doing it. Obviously, I did, but like, I he didn't say anything like... He didn't go into the detail? Well, he didn't scare me away from getting silicone either. Mm. He was just like, these ones feel more mm. normal. Uh, than the saline yeah. ones, but either one is a good option for you. Sure. So, yeah. so my biggest gripe about saline implants, um, here's my complaints about them. One, they don't feel like breast tissue. Like you can totally tell when someone has saline implants if you're like, you know, feeling of them. Um, two, they tend to look less natural because you can get rippling. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're a thinner person and you don't have a lot of breast tissue, you can actually see the implant on the side. Mm -hmm. And so that's a problem. And then lastly, they don't last as long. Like, you know, about 10-ish years is when you see them start to rupture. And the I'm reason- like, I have to get mine redone soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, if they rupture, you'll know it because it'll go flat overnight. Your body oh will God. absorb that saline. Yeah, that's common. I see people in my office for that all the time. Like yeah. they just, they'll wake up one morning and they're implants just gone like their breast is like flat um but yeah it's because they ripple more mm -hmm. and those 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 ripple points become weak spots in the implant and so they they definitely don't last as long as the as the silicone so i might mean i might need to make an appointment soon uh, no run but i'm happy to see you anytime you want okay i think that's a good topic it's nice you know because uh, there, there's a lot of like you know questions about that so yeah i you know for me it's like Silicone implants are the way to go just because they look more natural, feel more natural, and they last longer. So, um, and I, you know, just for me, like the saline implants, I've never really been a big, big fan of them. Yeah. I came in, I started plastic surgery right when silicone was picking up speed. And so. Yeah. He, like the doctor wasn't very like, like, yeah, I get silicone. Passionate about one They're way or the other. Really yeah. When I started in 2010, I was leaning people towards silicone already because yeah. I just worked with them so much. Like He was definitely an older was doctor. He? So, so he's probably uh, like. 
saline safest. Right. Yeah. So I, when I did my fellowship in cosmetic breast and body, like the guy I worked with is like, he's like a super famous plastic surgeon, Dennis Hammond. And so he was one of the, uh, FDA lead investigators for, for silicone implants. So I felt like I had like a little bit more knowledge base working with him. Yeah, probably. For sure. All right, good topic. All right, moving on. So it's now time for the Nip Tuck 911, where we talk about crazy celebrity stuff. And uh, this one was actually brought to my attention by my wife. Uh, I love that my friends, like, I have now I have all these people who, like, send me these things, like, oh, here's something you can talk about. Yeah, yeah, you, like, you did a couple. And in fact, you have your own segment coming up, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> uh, before that, we are going to do the Nip Tuck 911. Uh, you familiar with the actor Zach Efron? Yes. Okay, I was too. I'm so familiar here- with his muscles. Yeah, he has gotten kind of muscly. So this is him. Now, this picture is a little bit older. This is like from the early teens, I believe. Yes. But like, that's just, you know, a regular picture of him. So in spring of 2021, there was a little controversy with him because he, after not being, I guess, in the media for a while, did like some interview and he looked completely different. Can you throw up the next one, Travis? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously aged a little bit, but like the shape of his jaw is like way different. Not to mention his cheeks are fuller. And I, I think I have a side by side. Yep. So that, and that's roughly the same age. He's a little bit, I think, younger in the, in the left picture. But to me, I look at those pictures and I'm like, wow, like there really is a lot of like he difference. He looks like puffy. Yeah. He, his cheeks look puffy. His, the shape is jaw looks like an anvil like it's a good looking jaw like it's very strong very square but it's very different yeah. than what he had just recently and so so that was in 2021 uh, in the spring and so there was all of this like you know you know controversy and questions on the internet and social media about did he have jaw implants or mm-hmm. like did he have a bunch of fillers i remember you do see yes. i man i guess <laughs> i need to like be a little bit more in tune with this stuff because i i just missed it or i just haven't didn't have to see it so last week or the week before, in the last two weeks, he came out and, and basically broke the silence on what was going on. And mm-hmm. so his story was that he was running through his house with socks on, slipped and hit his face on a granite counter, basically knocked himself out. He didn't really specify what his injuries were, like it didn't go into any detail, but he said, uh, and I quote, that my chin bone was hanging off of my face, which I have no idea what he means by that. I just can only assume that like, maybe- Sounds like a good story. Yeah, it sounds like (laughs) a good story. So then he went on to say that due to his injury, that his master muscle, and I have a picture, Travis, I think the master muscle is like the next pic. Yeah, so that's your master. It's one of your muscles of mastication, which is chewing, which it is on the side of your face, kind of where you know, the angle of your jaw is. He said that because of his injury, his master muscle got hyper enlarged, and that's why his jaw looks different. And so I have a little bit of knowledge in this. Like I'm not like a craniofacial specialist in plastic surgery, but I did do a ton of craniofacial reconstruction when I was a resident because, you know, I was working at a level one trauma center, treated tons of people with jaw injuries. And I never in my day have ever seen anyone get a master muscle get large to the point that it would look like the changes that he had. Like, I think that it's total, like, untrue. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's just saying that, you know, um, that there's just no way I think that his master muscle on both sides, because you see how even it is. Like, yeah. it's like perfectly even. Was he not like allowed to like move his 
like talk? Like, because I know when people get like right. jaw surgery, they like have their mouth yes. like wired yeah. shut. You're very right, very smart. Yes. Yeah. So like when people break their jaws, and so just to kind of get into that, um, if you break your jaw and the jaw isn't like displaced in a great amount of deal, or if your teeth are not messed up, because what happens a lot of times when you break your jaw, there's a lot of muscles on your jawbone, and those muscles will pull your jaw out of out of. Uh, alignment and mm -hmm. your teeth won't fit right. Mm -hmm. So when people have jaw injuries like mandible fractures or maxillary fractures, which is the top part, the first thing I would do is check and say, okay, do your teeth line up? If your teeth line up, then you can just wire their jaw shut for four weeks and then they'll heal. Mm -hmm. But if they don't line up, then you actually have to go in there and reposition those bones and you have to put a plate on the bone and then you wire their jaw shut. And those plates are permanent. And so Thinking about like his injury, yep, and there they are right there. So that's a picture of, you can imagine those two lines being a fracture, and those are the reconstruction plates that you would put on the jaw. So when I look at his picture and think, okay, you know, he's saying I didn't, I didn't have, you know, surgery. Well, actually he didn't, I don't guess he didn't really say one way or the other. He just kind of gave his answer and didn't really like dig into like what may have happened. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what really happened here? Yeah. And I have two possible scenarios. One, he just had cosmetic surgery. Mm -hmm. He wanted to have a square jaw. They put in some jaw implants and that's why he looks different. And, and that to me is the obvious, most likely answer mm -hmm. just because of the appearance of it. It, it. His jaw looks good. Like I don't, yeah. I don't it, it's, it's very like strong and it's very symmetric. And you know, I, the obvious answer is that he had jaw implants, but could there be another answer? I personally think the master stuff is total nonsense. I just do not believe that at all. But what could have happened? Well, if he actually fractured his jaw, he may have had to have a plate put on one side, which therefore, if it was a bad enough fracture and had enough plates, could change the shape of that jaw. And then he went to the other side and made it look symmetric by adding an implant or something. Right. So I, I don't know what the right answer is. I know it's not just that his muscles got bigger because I've just never in my life heard of something like that. Do we have like a picture of what he looks like right now? I don't. Like those are the most recent. I haven't seen him in a lot, while. Yeah, I, you know, that's good. I mean, I, I did find one from a men's health from more recently, but it looked the same. Like it wasn't like, I don't think that that was like his picture because he was swollen. Yeah. I feel so. like we can come up with a new um, like segment for the show. Is Dr. Herman's or Dr. Bruce Herman's BS busted? <laughs> busted. Like, that was a great Busted. Story. Yeah, and then you like, can put like a little stamp a on the picture. Boom. <laughs> All right, man. Trovis, we got to work on that for next week. Let's do it. Busted. No, and you know, and I don't like to dog on, you know, I feel like celebrities are a little bit of, well, oh, you he know. definitely did not need plastic surgery. No, he was so good looking, right? He was like an angel baby. Yeah, he looks so good, right? Yeah, and so I don't know, like, I. <laughs> I have to imagine the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah. I mean, I can imagine maybe that like he slipped, he got a fracture, maybe he did have to have surgery to fix it. Like, and then... I know I broke my arm when I was in fifth grade. Okay. And I had had to be in a cast, and I had pins in my elbow right here. Uh huh. And my bone is bigger. Like this bone is different right. than this. Arm. Right, because of like the way it healed. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. So, so I I'm could... like, I could see that. Yeah. If no. he had surgery. But... Yes. Right, and so, and, and that's where I'm thinking that, okay, maybe he didn't have cosmetic surgery, maybe it was traumatic, and then it's the plates, and then, you know, it would be weird if it came out looking that good from a traumatic injury, you'd figure it'd be more asymmetric, but maybe he, like, you know, adjusted one side or whatever. I mean, but, he's got the money to make sure he yeah. looks... But I, I hope he didn't have plastic surgery. Like, I really hope... I hope not either. Because he he's so good looking. He is. Like, why would he do that? I mean, he looks good now, too, but like... Yeah. But I don't know, it's like, I don't know, why would you do that? 
I need, he needs to come on the show. That's what needs to happen. That'd be nice. Zach, come on the show. I'd allow it. <laughs> yeah, you can sit next to Sarah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we could farkle to see who gets to sit next to her. <laughs> okay, Sarah. So, I understand that you want to talk about something today. Yeah. I want to talk about clothes, my favorite subject. Now, you know I'm, I love fashion. Yeah, you We've do. talked about this. Yes, so, I've seen So, I'm excited. Like. Yeah, so, I'm excited for fall to start. I actually went to market like a month or two ago and I picked out a bunch of fall fashion trends and I have some pictures. I want to come to market with you sometime. Okay. I had a friend that had a store and she took me to market one time and I loved it. Like yeah. all that stuff, like sometime you're going to take me. Yeah, there's a men's market. They only have a men's market once a year in Aww. Dallas, but every three months for girls. Really? Yeah. Well, Whoa, that's I mean, like, isn't that discrimination? Like, see, yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell, but when we go over the pictures, I'll explain why that is. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. So first up, we've got bomber jackets. Bomber they're jackets. Back. Yeah. They're classic staple though but for some reason this year for fall and winter now can i ask you like because this picture is from a while back where do you as you know someone who's very knowledgeable about fashion and have your own store and all that where do you go to try and figure out like what's going to be hot this year like i mean I'm, I'm sure you probably just know what's hot but like is there a place like as in as an expert in store websites and stuff like you just do yeah. a lot of research. So yeah. So first, usually, like usually when they have, they start doing like um, the seasons, like fashion shows, like the big ones. Do you go to those? No, but I like to watch them. Yeah. So they they have like color palettes. They have their like Pantone colors for. Is there each a color season. for this fall? Yeah, there's tons of them. It's a lot of um, <laughs> actually bright uh, colors, and definitely always neutral colors. Things that um, <laughs> things that. Um, are just neutral colors like you'd see in like nature and stuff like that. So out in the fall, but yeah, Very good. what do we got next? So I'm actually wearing something super similar to this and it's your basic white tee blazer and jeans. And that's super basic, but everybody's going to be wearing this and I'm wearing this today. Like pretty rip much. jeans too. Yeah. They're making a comeback. They are, for sure. Nice What's blazer. next? Okay, oh, so. Oh, those boots are yes. awesome. High knee boots. Those are my favorite ones. I have so many of them, and they're super versatile. She's wearing them with skirts, shorts, you know, whatever, but you can totally wear them. Do you sell the boots anything. like that in your store, too? We don't usually sell a lot of shoes. I'm mostly really? just clothes and accessories. And why is that? Is that because of, like, it's a lot of, like, cost up front with those or i think it's because people prefer like a specific brand really of shoe oh, i see like a lot of people like only buy like steve madden or dulce vita or like I just see. like specific brands but yeah so in your store do you carry like certain brands like all the time or you just kind of see like what's in? i have my favorite ones so like at my store i definitely i mean my store is more of um trendy affordable so we don't carry like name Gucci or, no yeah. no 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 yeah so yeah we we carry just like but that's great basic, though I mean yeah. you know you, you want to look good without breaking the bank right yes. I mean I guess if you live downtown Dallas Beverly Hills then yeah you want to have like the Gucci and stuff but like most people just want to look good but you know be able to get a lot of outfits without yeah. like going broke yeah I'm a big believer in getting like those classics pieces that are high end and something maybe that you're not going to like wear out, you know? So like if you're getting a tank top, mm -hmm. probably you don't need to buy a Prada tank top. 
you know, right. like yeah. you don't need that. But maybe a Prada like jacket or a purse. Right, like a signature piece. Yeah. Like so, I kind of in the same way, like um, you know, because I like to go out a lot and I, I like to dress up, and so like I have a couple jackets that I like to get. Yeah. Like I'll spend money on a jacket because that's like For a signature sure. piece. Or like I do a lot of accessories, like sunglasses. Yeah. I love, you know. Yeah. Charles, you look totally like you're agree. about to like jump in here, man. I, I, I can. I was just gonna say I can tell that you all put like a lot more effort into your wardrobe because I just walk into the store and be like, "Oh yeah, this match." Like this. Is <laughs> you're like, do the colors color. match? But that's the guy vibe, and we're gonna go. We're definitely. I'm definitely gonna show you okay. the some boys fall fashion exactly. trends too. Because this next picture, for example, like I, I don't know how you would even pick this out. Yeah, so this trend is um, maxi dresses or skirts, and then it's also a mix between dainty. And what I mean by dainty is just like the fabric. So this is satin, obviously, or some type so of silky like material. Thick. Yeah, it's just like dainty stuff that makes you think, oh, that's pretty. Like when you look at okay. her, you're like, it that's looks pretty. Chic. Yeah. Well, now, what so, does it mean by maxi? Like, what is that? Maxi mean? means the length, so it goes oh, all the way to her. Oh, right. Ankles. Okay. All yeah, right, and so. a midi is between your knee. So and maxis are in yeah. this fall? Yeah, skirts and dresses. Really? Okay. That's and they good. look really cute with um, boots too. So no, I take, think that looks good. Yeah, look at this fella. Now what's the he fabric? What's the fabric of those pants? Those look like corduroy and okay. his jacket looks like tweed and that's yeah. a shacket and it's plaid. And if you notice his okay, jeans. What, I'm sorry. Sorry to ask these questions, but I'm like really interested. What's, a shacket. Shacket. What do you mean by that? It's like a shirt and a jacket mixed together. So that's all one piece? Yeah, no. that is a jacket. But it's like a shirt, though. It looks like a shirt. It looks like a basic Oh, I see what up. you're saying. So it's like a very casual jacket. But it's jacket. like an insulated shirt. Got it. Got yes. it. Got it. But it looks like a jacket. Yeah. So the word for the day, for it's me shacket. at least, is shacket. Shacket. <laughs> yeah. You need I to get one. That word. Yeah. Dude, yeah, we're, yeah. we're both wearing shackets next week. Yeah. Charles, let's do it. Fashion show. Have a shacket party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> shacket party. I'd be down. No, I'd I think that looks really good. Like, I would like to wear something like that. Yeah, like, he looks legit. And yeah. what do we notice? He's not wearing skinny jeans. Skinny I jeans was, for boys. They're I've not... never been a fan of that. Yeah. Well, and so part of it, too, is like, you know, my, like, most influential years were, like, the 90s, right? What did we have in the 90s? Like, mm -hmm. baggy, ripped jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, like, when the skinny stuff, like, came out, I was just, like, what is this sorcery? Like, I was, like, you know, not really, yeah. like, as big of a fan of it. So Yeah, straight jeans or straight pants in general just in, even for girls. So yeah. skinny jeans for girls are going away. It's getting, like, really? wider and wider and wider. You know what I'd like to see come back, which has always kind of been around, is, like, those bell-bottom flare pants. Oh, I have them, and I sell them at my store. I love those. Yeah. I think those are so cool. I have it's kind of classic. so many pairs. Oh, All right, what do we got here? So uh, that's a, a cutie right there. Um, he's wearing a bomber jacket, again. Oh, that's a bomber, so, too. Yeah, okay. All so... Right. A lot of the styles this um, season can be worn, like a guy can wear something a girl can wear and a girl can wear something a guy can wear. Like the shackets, the bomber jackets, mm -hmm. even the pants, straight leg, like a man style, are they a very they, manly style for girls. Are there a lot of are there a lot of uh, designers out there making like unisex clothes? Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that like a thing? I bought a shacket for my store. Like it's a corduroy mm -hmm. shacket, and it's very like seventies. It has like the seventies like staple like flower. Oh, on you have it, to show me that. And it's different colors, and um, I put it in like this my unisex area in yeah. my store, and I've had I already had two. No, yeah, one guy already bought it. So it's like you're gonna have to show me. I want to see yeah, this. Yeah, it's a cute look for sure. And then we have another jacket, but it's plaid again, and it looks like a flannel material. Yeah, it's a flannel. Yeah. Like yeah. 
I so, used to wear a lot of flannel in the 90s. Flannel's always good. And so like the thing about not always, like we only have a market once a year in uh -huh. Dallas for men. And it's because men's styles are so classic, especially the fashion right. that's wearable for yeah. men. Obviously, if you're Harry Styles, because he wears crazy stuff and like a yeah. celebrity, they have like this big opportunity to just like go all out. Yeah. But like your basic guy is not going to wear right. a skirt. No, you know. not typically. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I'm not sure yeah. I've ever worn a skirt that I can remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And this is another trend. This is just your basic band tee. Oh, and my. And she's now, wearing straight jeans again. Now, and you know, have we talked about this? That oh, I have, I like, the insane yeah. collection of band shirts I have. You like, what's that store you like to go to in Denton? Oh, uh, that, Vagabond Vintage. Yeah. yeah. I go to Vagabond Vintage, Denton, Dallas, and Fort Worth. They all know me, like, in fact, they actually text me when they get new stuff. They're like, hey, yeah. we got these shirts. You want to come check it out? I love it. And that one of the reasons why I like fall fashion is because it's a lot more versatile because that outfit that girl's wearing with the band tee, that, that, Dude, that is you could wear that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It looks it's, great. It's yeah. the same. Plus so easy, that's why I love shirt. it. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, now, I have Herman, one. I can especially see you in the same like boots that she has on. Oh yeah. I got my boots on today. I almost wear, I wear boots a lot. Like I just, I they're very versatile. Like that would yeah. definitely be a look for you. You throw a plaid, you throw a shacket or over a that. flannel so over that. One of my favorite ready. things to wear out. Now, I'm kind of a jean snob. I have like one brand of jeans that I really like. I, I wear a lot of seven. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely heard of it. Yeah. yeah, I use, so I wear a lot of seven jeans, but like uh, for my tops, I do a lot of like um, vintage shirts underneath with like, um, I don't have shackets, but I have a lot of like button downs, but I wear them like a shacket. Like I don't button them up yeah. and I don't tuck them in. Like I love that. And sometimes I'll wear a sport coat over that, you know, or sometimes I'll wear like a vintage shirt with just a jacket over it. Yeah, I love like that that's look. what like literally everything that all like all the girls that were what they were wearing, men can wear and yeah. vice versa. I'm gonna come to your store. You have to hook me up. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff. Awesome. Well, I think that's all of our segments. Do we have any questions today, Travis? I think so. I think so. Um, so one question that we have: um, instead of implants, can I get a breast lift? Like, what is the difference? I guess between those two, a get lift. Get a lift? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a great question, actually, because I have a fair number of people who come into my office and they're like, I want implants. And I look at them like, you have a lot. And I'll, I'm going to say, like, what size bra do you wear now? And they're like, I, well, I wear a D cup. I'm like, you're a D and you want implants? They're like, well, no, I want the fullness up top. And they think that in order to get that, they need an implant. But really, they just need a lift. Okay. And so, yeah, that's a conversation I have with people very, very commonly that they, you know, they may think they want implants, but in reality they have enough tissue and maybe they've had kids and their breasts get kind of stretched out yeah. and they're sagging a bit. Is that a lower cost too? Or is it about the same? It's roughly the same because you don't have the cost of the implants, but doing a lift takes longer. Mm -hmm. And so in the OR time is money. And so because it's a longer surgery, there's a little bit more cost for that, but you take away the cost of the implants. So it's kind of equivocal. Okay. Um, but I'm always, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love breast implants. We do them all the time. But if I can get someone a result without putting something foreign in their body, I'm always going to do that. You yeah. know, the simplest solution in surgery is usually the best one, just like in life. And so, you know, if you can avoid getting an implant and get the result that you want, then do it. Now, a lot of people can't. They may mm -hmm. have like a B cup and they want a D and there's just no way you can do that without an implant. Um, I mean, fat grafting is another option, but there's, that's a whole nother conversation. But, but yeah, I mean, it depends on what they want, Travis. Like, you know, there are people out there that might, you know, consider an implant, but really a lift is really all they need. And Absolutely. what they need is they just need to visit with a plastic surgeon and, and be very specific about what they're looking for. And, and hopefully the surgeon will, you know, take the time to kind of guide them in the right direction. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we have another question too. 
Cool. Um, what are um, calf, butt, or other body part implants made of? Oh, okay. Uh, all implants, to my knowledge, are made of silicone. Now, there were some saline inflatable ones, but the shells of those are silicone as well. So, like your saline implants you were talking about, the shell of that's actually made of silicone. It's not yeah. like plastic or anything. And so, to my knowledge, all body implants are made of silicone, at least the shell. Now, one thing I would say, Travis, to that person is really like implants outside of breast implants are generally not uh, considered to be a, a great surgeries. Like, you know, there were butt implants for a while, calf implants, and yeah. there's, there's a lot of problems with those surgeries. Well, because I know a lot of guys have issues with, or like, all I've ever noticed is guys that don't like they're not able to have muscles on their calves like they I don't know if that's some type of like um, like um, muscle issue like they can't form it as easy really on their calves. Um, I, I'm not aware of that like because I mean obviously right now I'm not like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger working out like 24 7 but um, but it, there were times in my life when I used to work out a lot with weights and so we would have these conversations of like don't you know, skip leg day don't skip leg day right <laughs> and so um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that the calf implants kind of got popular because people were skipping leg day, honestly. I, I've yeah. never heard of anything medical where you can't build muscle in a certain area. Now, genetically, you know, like some people are going to be more prone to have bigger shoulders. Like I, I have a very narrow shoulders. That's just genetic. And so other people might have bigger, broader, you know, more muscular shoulders. Yeah, I'm genetically got big traps. I always have had them. Did you're a gymnast though, right? Yeah, I used to be. Yeah, there you go. Um, so to answer the question, most things are made of silicone, but outside of breast implants, I would really steer people away from, from other types of implants. So, well, the, the, the facial implants are okay. Those are made of silicone too. Like the chin implants, like, you know, getting here, here, yeah, those are made of silicone. When those are not as bad, the ones that really are bad are like the butt implants. Those were terrible. Calf implants were not great. I've never heard of calf implants before. That's the thing, man. I've Don't do it though. It. Don't no, do it, Travis. I think I'm pretty okay with my I've, <laughs> I've seen a YouTube, like a YouTuber. I don't remember who he is, but I think he had like an obsession with plastic surgery. He got like bicep and Okay, we got a segment for next week. <laughs> he looks. We're digging into the YouTuber. We're going to yeah. find him. So our last question that we <laughs> yeah. have actually comes from inside the booth. You know, we have two guests yeah. in our booth today. Can we say hi to the guests real yeah, quick? of course. You guys jump in, please. Hi. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so our last question comes from inside the booth. They want to know, Dr. Herman, will you show us your calves? My calves? <laughs> yes. I guess. <laughs> now, I used to be a runner. There was a time when I had pretty good calves. <laughs> Do you have good calves? I used to. I used to be a sprinter. So, like, I'll actually say, and I'm standing up here. So I'm <laughs> Um, when I was in college and my, my friend in the booth remember this, I, I was in the finals of the hundred meter dash at Baylor. Um, nice. cause I was a sprinter. Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't know if they're great and they're not as big as they used to be, but you can see like back in the day, maybe like, you know, no, that's definitely some good, like Tony's that's some good muscle on there. Cam. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting old now, so I'm not in quite the shape I was, but so time. yeah, I think that's the first time I've ever stripped for camera, like that I know of, <laughs> but anyway, all right, everybody, <laughs> everybody that watched the show. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're watching, please like, and subscribe. We love to have comments too. If you leave a comment, uh, we'll answer it on the next show. Um, thank you so much for watching and we look forward to seeing you next week.